Good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Thank you guys for joining in on this beautiful Saturday morning. This is April 9th, 2022, 6.30 in the a.m. I woke up. This word has been on my heart and on my mind for quite some time. And I got to ask the question, are you serving the Lord? Yes, yes, yes. We're getting ready to get into the meat of this in just one moment. But first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for being together with us. For you said we're two or three. There you are in the midst of us. Father God, I ask that you prepare our hearts to receive your word. For it's the good ground heart, Father, that is able to receive your word, understand your word, and bring forth fruit according to your word. Father, this is what you said, Lord God. So we ask that you prepare our hearts, Father, everything that's in us that's contrary to you. Um, Father, we ask that you reveal it to us and deliver us from it. And Father, we ask that you give us a rhema word, Lord God. Give us understanding and give us wisdom of your word, Father. For your word, our prayer is that this word will not return unto you void. but It will accomplish those things where into it is sent. Father God, as we get wisdom, we will also seek you for your understanding so we will know how to do this word that we hear. We thank you for clarity, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Father, I ask that you anoint my lips of clay and that you will speak through me clearly. Uh, Give us a word of understanding, Father God, so we too can bring forth fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys again for being here. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. If you guys like to support my podcast, hit that support button. I'll make sure that you share this word. This is a wonderful word. The question is, I ask the question, are you serving the Lord? I'm I'm not talking about uh, how often we go to church or how many Bible verses we read, or I'm not even talking about, uh, I'm not even all together talking about the works. I'm talking more about the intent of our heart. Um, I first was going to entitle it as unto the Lord, (laughs) but it's coming out of there. We're going to, we're going to start with Colossians 3. We're going to go to Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And my, and, and my, what I'm going to say here is whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And when we're doing what we're doing as unto the Lord, that's when we're truly serving the Lord. Uh, so my question is, are you serving the Lord? What's our heart motive? Is our reason for doing what we're doing, is it to please Jesus or is it to please people? Because the word of God tells us, he says that when we're when we're men pleasers, we're not God pleasers. And when we're men pleasers, then we're not doing it as unto the Lord. We're doing it because we want to be seen or, you know, we want people to think highly of us or. But but you know what? We're going to let's go on and read the scripture. Colossians 3, 22, excuse me, 23 through 24. This is the English Standard Version. And it says, whatever you do. Work hardly as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You know, when we when when what we do in word or deed, okay, when our motive is God, when our motive is the Lord Jesus Christ, when our motive is that so God can be glorified, that is when we're doing it as unto the Lord. I did a, I did a, a video as uh, on YouTube. You guys subscribe to my YouTube page, Gene Martin or Pearlie Martin. And one of the, 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 the video was entitled, When the Gift is Good. When a gift is good, it's, uh, that's when there's no strings attached to it. But when there's strings attached to it, when you do stuff for people and you make them believe or feel like they have to do something for you in return, that means you, you didn't do it unto the Lord. You did it so you can get your reward from them. But when you do stuff as unto the Lord, yes, it's proper. We should always say thank you to people. And we definitely should say thank you to Jesus. Um, but even if, you know, when you're dealing with the world or sometimes you can be dealing with people and they not they won't say thank you. Okay, um, that shouldn't be offensive to you. 
Why? Because when you do something, it is, it's very rude. Don't hear, don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is, even if they don't say thank you, because Jesus healed, healed the 10 leopards and only one came back. I believe it was one that came back to say thank you. And he said, was there not 10 of you? You know, where's the rest of them? You know, so um, when we live our life for Christ, uh, we're going to suffer just like he did. We need to arm ourselves likewise. And we're going to have to be able to endure hardness like a good soldier. We're going to have to learn how not to take on the offense. Because first of all, remember Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us that our fight is not even against flesh and blood people. So the devil wants to always try to get us on the off, cause us to be offended so he can keep us on the fence. (laughs) But when we understand that it's the devil behind the scenes instigating the entire thing, then we can start dealing with the real issue. You know what I'm saying? So if they, even if they, when you do something unto the Lord, whether someone say thank you or not, it's not going to offend you because your motive for doing what you did was unto the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So when you do stuff for people and you feel like, well, all I did for them, you know, I did this for them and I did that for them. And that's how you know that you didn't do it unto the Lord. Uh, we're going we're gonna to continue on with this. So Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work hardly. He says, as for the Lord and not for men. Do it as unto the Lord. Do it un- as unto the Lord. And that's when you will get your reward. Sometimes we're doing stuff and we're not, we're not getting the reward from, from the Lord because we're getting it from people. You're looking to people to give you, um, to pay you back. And, and parents do it all the time. You know, I, after all that I've done for you, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this. And you know what the Lord said? <laughs> My son said to me one time, he said, Mom, you did what you were supposed to do. I said, oh, my God, what a revelation. That is so true. I did what I was supposed to do. Those children didn't ask to be born. Those children, yes, it's right. It's proper for children uh, to take help be there for their parents like their parents was there for you, but not out of a sense of obligation because of your manipulation. It needs to be... Um, because that's what the Lord is telling them to do. Even in that, even in that, even in that aspect. Because when we have to strong arm people to make them do what we want them to do, that that that's not that's manipulation. Or we have to make people feel bad um, to do get them to do stuff for us. That's not that's manipulation. That's not the Lord. Um, Jesus is constantly telling us all, all the time, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. Don't you know that God can take the heart of a king? He can take the heart of a person and he can turn it in the direction of his will. He can make people do, have people doing stuff for you and you they won't even know why. So it's not for us to try to manipulate the wills of other people through emotion, through our emotions or trying to make them feel bad, or trying to make them feel like they owe us anything. So let's not do that speech. After all I've done for you, well, that means you didn't do it unto the Lord. When you find yourself saying that to people, just stop, drop, and say, Lord, forgive me, because I didn't do that as from unto you. I did that because now I'm coming back to them and saying, listen here, really what we're saying when we say this is you owe me. That's what we're saying. We're saying you owe me for what I've done for you. And so that means I didn't do what I did as unto the Lord. There's no condemnation. I know this is a hard word, but it's the truth that sets us free. And a lie is a hard truth. But you know what? When my son told me that, I mean, it it stopped me in my footsteps. And my daughter told me one time, she said, Ma, we didn't ask to be born. It stopped me in my footsteps. That is so true. And you know what? We didn't ask to be born either. It was God's idea. And since it was God's idea that we be here this second, this minute, this moment, he he the one who placed us in our mother's womb. He said before the foundations of the world that he knew us. Before we was even knitted together in our mother's womb, this is what the word says, he knew us. 
we came we came out the mind of God, out the heart of God. It was God's ideal. He put He put me in my mother's womb. He He caused me to come out my father. He put the seed in my father to cause it to go into my mother's womb. It was me that He put inside of her. He could have put anybody inside of her. It was you that God put inside of your mother's womb, inside of your father's seed and into your mother's womb. He could have put anyone inside of there, but he chose me. It was his idea. The mother and the father didn't even know who I was going to be, right? Before my mother and father even knew each other, God knew me. Before your mother and father knew each other, God already knew you. Before you, you see what I'm saying. So we, we're a God idea. We're here because it's God's idea, and so because it was God's idea, it's His responsibility to to provide for us. He's a, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He becomes our Abba Father, right? God, we were born into sin, so we have to be born again. That's why we're not all God's children, but we are all God's creation. Romans tells us that He who has not the Spirit of God is none of His. Right. So we must be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is of the flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is of the spirit. We have to accept Jesus Christ to become born again so his spirit can come and live on the inside of us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We were born into sin. That's why we have to be born again. When Adam ate and Adam and Eve ate the fruit. We were born into sin. When Adam ate the fruit, both of their eyes were open and every sperm cell in Adam became sin contaminated. So we have to be born again. He who has not the spirit of God is none of his. Okay? So whatever we do in word or deed, we have to do it as unto... We came from God. We came out the mind of God, the heart of God. He is the... He is the creator of life. The Bible says that children are a gift from God. They are a reward from him. Children are a gift from God. Did you know that? So we are, we was, we're a gift from God. We was a gift from God. Right? So um, we're here because it was God's idea. So it's God's idea that we're here. It's God's responsibility to take care of his children. So we can trust and we don't have to manipulate people to try to make them feel bad for not doing what we think they should do. Right. Our goal is to pray for them, just like someone prayed for us, that um, that the will of the Lord be done in their life. Um, and that's what that is. We look to Jesus for, to, to provide us with all our needs. That's who we look to. We look to him. That's our father. We look to God. To, and, you know, one thing the Lord said, Pearl, the more you give, you, when you give, you'll never be broke. How many of you know you can't outgive God? So whatever you do in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord. Because when we give gifts and we're not doing it out of, as unto the Lord, then those aren't good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. If I do something for you and it makes you feel like you owe me something, there's some. if there's some, any strings attached to whatever I do for you, then that's not a good gift. But let's not be like the ungrateful, the ungrateful uh, servant. Let's not be like the leopards where 10 got healed and only one came back to say thank you. Because a grateful heart is a thankful heart. When you're dealing with people that's ungrateful, they're not going to tell you thank you. So don't, don't, look, to, don't look to people. We're supposed to look for Jesus. That's what they got going on in their heart. It has nothing to do with you. Don't quit letting how other people are uh, change who you are. Because Jesus said it's out of the abundance of a man's own heart that his mouth is speaking. And he says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues that are in your own life. So I like to tell people what's in us is coming out of us. It's nothing personal. You're taking how they are and you're making it about them. It was them. They didn't say thank you because they're rude. They're ungrateful. It had nothing to do with you. That's their, their, the reason they didn't say thank you is because they're ungrateful. A grateful heart is a thankful heart, okay? And when we're selfish, sometimes we can't see the needs of other people because all we can see is our own selfish needs. So if you're doing things just to get things, that's not the right motive either. We need to do whatever we do, Colossians 3, 23 
It says, whatever you do, work hardly as for the Lord and not for men. You look to God. See, when you're doing something for the Lord, you're not looking from your reward from men. You're looking for, for your reward from the Lord. Colossians 3.17 English Standard says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then you give thanks to God the Father through him. We're to give thanks to God the Father in Jesus' name. Whatever we do in word or deed, whatever we do, he said, whatever it is you do, if you give someone a cup of water, do it as unto them. But I'm finna tell you, you know, let's search ourselves. Lord, help us to see ourselves. Like I said, this is not condemnation. This is just a teachable moment because in order to be free, Jesus said, he told his disciples in John 8, 32, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. What is it that the truth sets us free from? The truth sets us free from a devil's lie. Okay. So we have to know the truth in order to be set free from a lie. So this is just a moment of truth. So we can look at ourselves and look into our lives and say, Lord, that, you know, was the gift good? There's no condemnation. But we're going to repent of every gift that we gave that wasn't good. <laughs> because when we find ourselves trying to make people feel like they're obligated to us, yes, even our children, right? Whatever we do in word or deed, yes, that's an honorable thing. That's what they should do. But, um, but not out of obligation or manipulation. And that's for anyone. If someone tries to manipulate you or try to make you feel bad for not doing something for them, then you know that the gift was not good and then the gift was not it didn't come from God because there is a sense of you owe me whenever you know look let's take a second a minute a moment look at our lives and, and say do I feel like somebody owe me anything do I feel like my children owe me anything do I feel like my husband owe me anything do I feel not my mama owe me anything do I feel like my neighbor owe me anything the service is not when you when we do stuff and we do it as unto the Lord. Christ says, when I'm lifted up, it's going to draw all men unto him. When the gift is good, it should draw people to Jesus and not to you. That's why when people come want to praise you, because, see, we were all created to praise. We was created to worship. We really was. So it's in us to want to worship. And that's why people you, you see people idolizing, making people their idols, celebrities and all this kind of stuff. And you see people worshiping other people because we was really created to worship. But God wants us to worship him. The Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I have, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a jealous God. Don't you know to be friends with the world is to be an enemy of God? And when I say a friend of the world, he said, I have no other gods before me. Anything or anybody that takes the place of God becomes our God. So when the gift is good, it's going to lift Christ up and it's going to draw people to him. But when the gift is not good and if we have strings attached to it, it's going to make uh, cause people to have a sense of obligation to make it feel like they owe us. So let's be careful. You know, my prayer is, Holy Spirit, that you quicken us, that you convict us, that when we begin to say things to people like, after all I've done for you, or we try to bring people in remembrance of what we've done for them, Father, that you will bring us in remembrance of what you have done for us. When the gift is good, as believers, we want to give good gifts. The gifts we give to other people, we want them to think, we want them to say, oh, God, you're good. Not, oh, you're good. Because Jesus said, "There, why do you call me good? There's none good but the Father. God, you're good. Yes, we should say thank you to people. But even if you don't, if you do what you do as unto the Lord, it's not going to bother you. But Jesus said, wasn't there 10 when he healed the leopards? They didn't even come. Only one came back to say thank you. But that didn't take anything away from him. He was still who he was. He didn't say, well, I'm not going to help anyone else because people take advantage of you when you help them. No, that's a strong. When we when we become offended, we we set up fences. If you become offended, you will begin to set up fences. And I'm telling you, fences are stronghold mindsets. 
Defenses are like fortress, stronghold mindsets. Then because this person didn't do you right, then you now you begin to say everybody's like that. So I'm not going to do that anymore because the last time I did that, they did this and they see what happened is you became offended. Every area in your life where you have offense is an area of offense. And now it's it was never about I, I haven't read what God has ever told us to put our faith and trust in people. Matter of fact, he says, have no confidence in your own arm of flesh. In other words, don't have no confidence. I don't want you having confidence in your ability. I want you to have confidence in my ability. So we can test ourselves. We judge ourselves. The word of God tells us we won't have to be judged. So this is a way we can judge ourselves. When we do something for somebody and we feel like there's a sense of obligation for them to do it back to us. That's how you know that you didn't do it as unto the Lord. Because when we do something unto the Lord, we look to him for our reward. First uh, Corinthians 10, 31 English Standard says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, he says to do it all to the glory of God. Because what the Bible tells us, he said, anything done outside of sin is faith. I mean, anything done outside of faith is sin. This is what the word teaches us. So, We as believers are called to walk by faith, to live by faith and not by sight. Jesus said in Proverbs, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me and then I will direct your path. So when we see God as our father, we see ourselves as his children, just like a child acknowledge his his biological parents before they do stuff. When we see ourselves as children, we too will acknowledge our Abba Father before we do what we do. All right? So in all your ways, acknowledge your Abba Father and he will direct your path in all your ways. And so, you know, because we're called to be led by the Spirit. We're called to do what God wants us to do and not just be doing what we want to do. That's not real life because the flesh is contrary to God. Our flesh want to do things that God don't want us to do. And so when we live our life, he said, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if we walk in the flesh, guess what? We're going to we're going to reap death. We're going to reap spiritual death. Sometimes you can reap physical death because the, the flesh life is enmity against God. It's opposite to who he is and what he is and how he is. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in silo to which you are going. Whatever you find to do with your hands, whatever you find, whatever your hands find to do, do it. Do it with your might. Whatever you, find, you can find to do with your hands, do it. Matthew 25, 40, and the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. This is where Jesus was saying, you know, about feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. When I was sick, you visited me in prison. He's like, well, Lord, when did we do, when did we do this? When was you in prison and we visit you? And Jesus was saying to him um, in Matthew 25, 40, that when you've done it unto the least of them, You've done it unto me. Everything we do, we must do as unto the Lord. In order for the gift to be good, in order for the gift to be acceptable, there can't be any strings attached to it. This is why it's so important that we get the pride out of our life. Because when we got pride in our life, we want to talk about what we did and not what about what Jesus did. And I'm not talking about false humility because God uses people. But it should always be to the glory of God. God should always get the glory. We must decrease so God can increase. It's, it's Promotion comes from the Lord. Okay? So whatever we do in word or deed, and we do it as unto the Lord, promotion comes from the Lord. My prayer is always, Lord, nothing before it's time. Lord, nothing before it's season. Because unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And whatever we build, we're going to have to work. (laughs) When God asks us to do something, it shouldn't be work. It should be rest. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we're doing things in faith, that's when we can operate. That's when we can rest in God. When we're doing things and we're being led by faith, we've been led by the Spirit of God, that's when we rest in God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters, right? Still waters is peace. He leadeth me uh, into green in the green pastures. That's prosperity. That's a wealthy place. That's a good place. The Lord is our shepherd. So will you allow the shepherd to shepherd you? Will you allow the Lord to shepherd you? Some of us, we want to go other ways and try to try to get to whatever it is that God has put in us, but we want to skip the process. And some of we, some of we need deliverance. So when we get to the place, we'll learn, we'll be, we'll prepared. We'll know how not to take on the offense because we'll be done. We done passed the test of offense. It's not that offenses aren't going to come. But this is why I always say we got to have character to go with the call. Because if you got babies teaching babies and babies leading babies, they're, they're going to ab- abuse other other babies. Because the blind need the blind, they all fall in a ditch. We have to be prepared and equipped. Anything that God uses, he prepares and equips it before he puts it in the place. But the thing is, this is why it's so important that you're in a place where you are being taught because that's part of the preparation. The, but the, the tests are going to come. It's more to it than just knowing a bunch of Bible verses. You must really be tried. Your faith must be tried. Our faith is going to be tried. This makes sure so we'll know if our faith is genuine. Our faith is going to be tried. But why is this? Because the parable of the sword tells us that the Satan, immediately after the seed is sown, um, Satan is coming to try to steal the word. It won't, especially when we don't understand it. In order to bring forth good fruit, a, a heart that's good ground, he not, it not only understands the word, according to Matthew 13, but it, it, it's a doer of the word. And then it goes forth and it brings forth fruit. So it's not just enough to know the word. The question is, do you know how to do what you know? This is why we need teachers, because teachers have the ability to impart spiritual revelation knowledge. Do we know how to do what we know? Because we know a lot of Bible verses. But then when you really sit down and you ask the person, what does that mean and how do I do that? Do you know how to take the word of God and apply it to your natural life? Your natural... Take a, a soft answer turns away wrath. What does that look like? That's what that says. When someone gives you an evil answer, you give them a calm, you respond in a calm way and it'll deflect. The word of God is true, but we must mix faith with it. So you can know about a lot of Bible scriptures and you can even quote Bible scriptures, but if you don't, if we don't mix faith with it, we have to mix faith with the word. If we don't mix faith with it, it's not going to manifest. What does it mean to have faith in God? What does that mean? That's a broad, uh, that's a broad question, right? To have faith in God is to have faith in His faithfulness. It's to have faith in His love. Really, it really is to have faith in His love. It was for God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son. Because when you believe that God loves you you will really believe that there's absolutely nothing he won't do for you. When you believe that someone loves you, you have confidence in them. You believe that if they say they're going to do something, that they're going to do it. You, you just have so much confidence. And this is the confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, not only does he hear us, but he will do it. We have to have faith in God's faithfulness. To believe what God say, you have to have a relationship with who he is because you can know the logos of a word and not have a rhema word. The logos is the written word. It's kind of like you can read about Oprah. You can read a person's biography and you can learn about them. They could have even written them. So their words represent them, right? Our words represent us. So you read the autobiography, you read the Bible, and that's about Jesus. It tells you who he was, what he did, okay? Yes, God and his word is one, but let me tell you when I'm talking about the logos and the rhema. The logos is the written word. Oh, that was a good story. 
But when it's Rhema, you're going to see yourself in the story. When you ever read the Bible, it was like the scripture popped off the page. That's a Rhema word. When the Lord told Peter, who do they, you know, he was asking the disciples, who do you say I am? And they would say, well, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet. But Jesus said, Peter, but who do you say I am? He said, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, well, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. There's no way in the natural you could have known this with your natural mind. You Only my Father in heaven is the one who revealed this to you. The Bible says of those who fear the Lord, he'll make his covenant known to us. Jesus said, I no longer call you a servant, but a friend. And when we become a friend of God, he will reveal. He said, because a servant don't know the master's business, but a friend does. So we want to know the father's business. We have to become a friend of God. You can be a son of God, a child of God, and I have a relationship with God. You have kids that, you have family uh, members that's estranged from their kids. They're not friends. Their kids aren't friends with them. They gave birth to them, but they're not friends with them. They're not even close. So uh, this is why I always say relationship, relationship, relationship. We have to have a relationship. We have to get to know the God of the word. You can know the word and not know the God of the word. You say, Pearl, how can you say that when God and his word is one? Because you can know the logos and not have a rhema. So what I'm saying is, do you have a revelation of Jesus Christ? Peter had a revelation of Jesus Christ. How could they have walked with Jesus all this time? His disciples saw what he had done, saw all the miracles and still not know who he was. Because they did not have a revelation of Jesus Christ. My prayer is, Father God, today that you will give us a revelation of who you are so you can become real in our lives and we can serve you out of a out of a relation out of relationship and not religion. Where we're not just going through the motions. We're just doing stuff because this is what they say you're supposed to do. But we're doing it because this is what the Lord is telling me to do. Okay, let's get back in here. Matthew, uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 25. It says, if then, this English standard, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. One translation says, set your affections on things above. Set your mind. So we can set our mind. We can choose to think about what we want to think about. He's saying, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Don't don't be focusing on the things that you need. Isn't this what Jesus is trying to get us to do when he says, seek first the kingdom of God. I need you to focus on me. That's what he's trying to get Peter to do. Peter, look over here. Keep your eyes on me. Don't worry about what's going on around you. Keep your focus on me because I'm going to lead you through the storms of life. I'm going to lead you through the worries, through the fears, through the cares, through all the distractions. But I need you to focus on me. You know, you've been in a storm before. You ever was had to drive in a storm? I've had to drive in some really bad storms. Sometimes people even pull off to the side of the road because the rain is so heavy and thick you can't see through the rain. It's hard to see because of the storm. But I thank God for headlights. I thank God for the yellow streaks on the road. I thank God for the reflectors. I thank God for the guardrails because all these things are set up in place and it's meant for us to look, stay focused in the direction that we're headed in. Because when we take our eyes off the road, that's when we crash. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus, that's when we crash. We know that when you drive, um, that GPS, that screen on the car, it says, um, don't look down while you're driving. It can cause an accident. They tell you, keep your eyes on the road. You have to stay focused. Or if you don't stay focused, you're going to crash. And we don't keep our mind set on the Lord. And we don't, that's how we set our focus. We set our focus on the Lord by keeping our mind stayed on the Lord. Because people say, what is that to set your mind on the Lord? Keep your mind on his word. Keep your mind, uh, pray without ceasing. You know, work, pray while you're washing the dishes. Pray when you're driving the car. You know, turn that radio off in the car and, and pray while you're driving. That's seeking the Lord. 
or just drive with no music, no nothing. Just shut out the outside clutter. Turn the TV off so you can hear. There may be times when you have to do that. That's how I do. Okay, but everybody thinks relationship is different. But set your mind on things above. Meditate on whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are praiseworthy. Um, those are the things that we're supposed to think. The Lord says, think on these things because that's what you, that's what God thinks. That's how we put on the mind of God. When we think the thoughts of God, we put on the mind of God. But he says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What do you mean you have died? If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, right? All things passed away. Behold, look, see, all things have become new. If any man be in Christ, this is what he said mean when he says, your life is uh, for you have died, right? Uh, Corinthians, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 5, 16 says, we um, no longer know a man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Uh, we no longer know Christ according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. What is he saying? He's saying, don't know. We no longer know Christ according to the flesh. He's no longer a flesh person. He's right now. God, he, God is saying, I need you to see Jesus is sitting at the right hand side of the father. OK, he's no longer on the cross. You know, we don't have to see him crucified on the cross. OK, he's no longer on the cross. I want you to see and know Christ is sitting at the right hand side of the father right now making intercessions on your behalf we no longer know him according to the flesh but according to the spirit people want to know you according to the flesh not according to the spirit they want to always try to make you identify with the old man and not the new man they always want to bring you in remembrance of what your flesh did right but you have to know who you are in Christ when you know who you are in Christ, because th- that, that was the old man. That was that flesh nature. That flesh man died when you accept Jesus Christ into your life and you became a new creature. Pick up my book, Understanding Your New Identity in Christ Jesus. It's a little study guide, 25-page study guide book. We have to know who we are in Christ. We cannot walk in the authority of God if we don't know who we are in God. We have to know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right? We have to know that we have authority, that Christ has given us the keys to the kingdom. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We have to know who we are in Christ, that we've been crucified with Christ. No long, it's no longer I that live, but the Christ that liveth in us. And the Christ that we, the life that we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. We live by faith in what Jesus Christ has already done. We have to see the work as being finished. And we're just mimicking him. We're walking in the path. that he, Jesus was the trailblazer. He came to, you ever seen a field? Uh, uh, and, and the grass is all high around it, but there's a path going through the field where people have walked through that grass and they have created a path through that grass. The grass is high on the other side, but because they kept going through that path, they wore out that grass and there's a clear path through the grass. Well, Jesus has made a clear path through the grass. There's stuff that, you know, there's stuff going on on the side of us and everything, but Our goal in order to get from one end to another end is to follow the path. Follow the path. Ecclesians 9 and 10 says, and what, oh, oh, we already did that one. Let's go to Colossians 3 and 24. It says, knowing that, English Standard Version, Colossians 3, 24, he says, Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we do stuff as unto the Lord, you will receive your inheritance or your reward from the Lord. Proverbs says, he that lend it to the poor, uh, who he that give to the poor, lend it to the Lord and the Lord reward them. When you do stuff for people, look to Jesus for your reward. Look to Jesus for your inherit for your your reward for your inheritance. That's where it comes from. When you're doing it unto men, you'll get your rewards on earth. You might get your accolades on earth. But when you're just doing it unto men, there's no reward in heaven because even a sinner person can do good to those who do good to them. This is what the Bible says. Even a sinner person can love those that love them. What I mean, what reward is that? 
And when we want to get glory on earth, we lose our glory in heaven because we did not do it. That's not a good gift. When we want people to praise us other than, rather than praising God, then we've set ourselves up in, our, in their life to become God. So whenever you, how do we know what are the signals? What are the warning signs? The number one warning sign that when you didn't do something as unto the Lord is when you begin to try to manipulate people and make them feel bad. I've done all of this. I did this for you and I did that for you and I did this for you. That's the problem. You did it for them and you didn't do it as unto the Lord. And because you did not do it as unto the Lord, you're looking to them for your reward and not to the Lord. So I have to ask the question one more time. Are you serving the Lord? Are you doing what you're doing as unto the Lord? Or are you doing what you're doing for people so you can get your reward from them? Are you looking to the Lord? Lord, creating us a clean heart and renewing us a right spirit. And everything in us is contrary to who you are or how you are. Reveal it to us and we repent today. Um, Romans 14 and 8 says, for, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Ephesians 6, 6 through 7 says, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to men. Now, we're not doing stuff as eye service. You know, it's like you're working on a job and you're only doing good when your supervisor's around or you're only doing good in the church house, but then we live in any kind of way in our house because we're doing it as eye service so for men pleasers. So everybody could think that we're all of this. But how many of you know that charity begins at home? God is at the house too. You know, I had to say that to somebody once. I said, do you know God is here too? Because he's not impressed with our mess. You know, you can't be a preacher in a pulpit and a, and a, 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 a serpent, a dragon at, at home. Because charity begins at home. You got to love your wife. Uh, you can't you can't treat Betty at the church better than you do your wife at home, or you shouldn't even be t- treating the pastor better than you do your husband or any other brother in the church. The same way you give them respect is the same way you need to give your spouse respect. You're doing it as unto the Lord. And when you do stuff as unto the Lord, that means it has nothing to do with what you feel. It has nothing to do with what you want. It's not about you. You're doing this because this is what the Lord said to do. So I ask the question, are you serving the Lord? There's no condemnation because this is a teachable moment. And what we didn't know yesterday, we know today as unto the Lord. When you feel when you feel like people owe you something, do you feel like somebody owe you something? Really, the only thing that people owe us is love. Owe no man nothing except to love him. That's what the word says. The only thing that somebody owe you is love. I did this. I was good to them. You being good to them don't make them good. And keep on being good. Oh, I ain't going to never do that for nobody else. Because when I did that to them, they did me like this. What does it have to do with anything? Don't allow how they are to change who you are. Whatever you do in word, I'm a good person. What makes you think that? What makes you think you're a good person? Jesus said, there's none good except the Father. You did a good deed. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not your works that make you good. It's our God that makes you good. I tell people, anything good that you see about me is because of the good God that I serve. Because every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Jesus said, why do you call me good? He said, there's none good but the Father. And when our motive for giving the gift is not good, it could be a good gift. But if those motors have strings, I gave them a ride when I had my car. Now they got a car and they won't give me a ride. Well, you didn't do that from your heart because you have a sense of obligation. Every gift that you gave, if you if you're trying to make people feel guilty for not doing to you what you did to them, those were not good gifts. There's no condemnation because we didn't know. But guess what? Today is a new day, and we get to do what God say. So uh, continue. Uh, uh, so um, render service with a good will, 
Ephesians 6 and 12 says, to render service with a goodwill as to the Lord and not to man. Do what you do as unto the Lord, even with our children. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, because the goal is to get them to see God, that God is good. That God, because as a parent, whatever you did for your kids, you were supposed to do that. Those children didn't ask to be born. No strings attached. Your goal is to teach these kids that they need a relationship if they don't have one. They need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and that God is the supplier of their needs. But if I'm telling you that God is the supplier of my needs, but I'm trying to get you to meet my needs, isn't that contrary to what the word is saying? Jesus is saying, I need to, for you to, let me tell you, whatever we try to put in place of God becomes our God. And Jesus said, you can't serve God and mammon because either we have our faith in the Lord or as, as our source, or we have faith in our natural resources. Is our faith in the Lord or in our natural resources? As long as you can't outgive God, you cannot outgive God. Some of you not reaping a harvest because you're not sowing a seed. We cannot outgive God. We cannot outgive God. Okay, uh, uh, Ephesians. Let me see. Let's see Romans 14 and 6. Well, I don't want to skip this one. Remember, we talk, I'm asking the question, are you serving the Lord? And the way we know when we're serving the Lord is when we're doing things as unto the Lord. Meaning, um, there's no sense of obligation from man. If I do good to you, I'm not looking... Yes, you should do good back to me, but if you don't, it's still going to have to be okay. That's how I know when I'm doing it as unto the Lord. I did this, Lord, because you said so. I did this, Lord, because you said so. I did this, Lord, and it's better to suffer for doing the right thing than for doing the wrong thing. It's better to suffer for doing good than evil, the Bible tells us. Whatever you do, in word or deed, we got to do it not as eye service, Ephesians 6, 6 through 7 tells us, as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to men. Ephesians five twenty two says, wives, submit your, to your own husband as to the Lord, to your own husband. I wish I had time to get into this. I'm going to come back another time and teach on that. But right now, as unto the Lord, that's what I want us to get. Colossians says, uh, submitting ourselves one to another as unto the Lord, right? Um, but Ephesians, Ephesians 5.22 says, wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. In other words, I'm doing it because this is what God say do. It has nothing to do with what I feel like. It has nothing to do with what I want um, this is where we have to have that relationship with Christ, because in order to do the will of God, the word of God, and to live the way of God, we have to have a relationship with God. In order to live in submission to God, we have to have a relationship with God. This is why I say relationship, 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 spend time, get that relationship in order, because in order to do anything that God say do, um, from uh, I'm not talking about from uh, works, from the law. I'm talking about out of relationship, not legalism, not out of religion, because we got people that have forms of godliness, but they deny the power. It looks like they're religious because of their works, but God is looking at the heart and saying, it has nothing to do with me. And when we do eye service, when we become men pleasers, that's you'll get your reward on earth, but you ain't getting nothing in heaven. Because God is always looking at the heart, Okay. But it's a relationship, relationship, relationship. You being good to them. What was your reason for doing what you do, did? God is always looking at our motive. What's your why? What's your motive? God is always looking at our heart's motive. And when our motive is not God, then our motive is not good. And from just doing this, okay, well, when she was sick, I went and visited her. Well, if you did it because the Lord told you to do it, there shouldn't feel, there should not be a sense of obligation. You shouldn't, when you get, now let me tell you this, we have to learn how to connect the dots. So this is why I say keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Because what I'm saying through that is you have to be able to see God's goodness. 
to recognize God. Just because you did a good deed for that neighbor across the street, don't look to that neighbor to to give it back to you. The Lord may use a stranger to give it back to you, but you got to be able to see the goodness to see God in order to connect the dots to say, oh, I remember I gave them a ride. Now the Lord used this person to give me a ride. So when you do stuff for people, don't look for anything in return. When you're doing it unto the Lord, you're not looking for a return from that person. God is going to be the one who gives you your reward. It may be a stranger. It may be somebody you do know. It may be that person, but that's not our part to try to figure out how it's going to come back to us. Just know that it's going to come from God. He he can use a donkey. He can use a stranger. He can use whoever. Anything that God created, he can command. Don't worry about how it's coming back. Just know that God has promised that he was going to give it back. He said that when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. That um, whatever we do in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Not so we can get a praise from people, but we want to get... A, well, a job well done from the Lord, right? That's 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 my motivation. I want God to say, job well well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. Uh, Colossians 4 and 2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, always giving God thanks, uh, being grateful and thankful to God. When you have the opportunity to do good, do it and give God the praise for giving you the ability to be able to be used by him. I always say I consider an honor and a privilege to be considered by God to do anything because there's no way in the world we could ever repay Jesus for what he did for us. And so when the father considers me and say, hey, I want you to do this or I want you to give that or I want you to do that. What an honor and a privilege to be considered by God. That's a servant heart. We have to have a servant heart to serve the Lord. It can't be about us. It can't be about us. Oh, I did this and oh, I did that. And when they was down, I did this. And when they were sick, I did this. And that's the problem. You was doing it and you wasn't doing it unto the Lord. And you was, you're looking now, you're looking to them for your reward. There's no condemnation. But I pray that today that I've said something, that the Lord has said something to deliver us and to set us free. So that's the warning sign. Look for that warning sign. After all I did for them, when you find yourself saying, after all I did for them, just stop and just repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Because that gift wasn't good. I did that because just check ourselves. You know, if we judge ourselves, we won't have to be judged. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which indeed you were called. And be thankful into one body and be thankful. Give God great praise. Give God great uh, thanks. Give God glory. Glory, hallelujah. First Peter 2.15 says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. When you do good and people are speaking evil things about you, it puts a silence, foolish people. Because uh, how many of you know, I'm almost finished, I'm almost out of time here. But when the Lord said, let your light so shine, that your light is your lifestyle. Your light is, our light is our lifestyle. He said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and your Father in heaven will be glorified. It's your actions. Your lifestyle is your light. So when we're living Christ-like, that's when our light is shining the brightest. We're called to be a light in the midst of darkness. We're called to live opposite to what the world, how the world lives. We're called to do good to those that do evil. We're called to bless those that curse us, right? We're called to forgive those when they don't forgive us. Christ, the lifestyle we're called to live is opposite. Therefore, we must die daily. And when we are servant of the Lord, it's about doing what he wants and not what we feel, not what we think. Because when our thoughts are contrary to God's thoughts, they're, they're trash. When our opinions are contrary to God's opinion, it's trash. Right? So are you a servant of the Lord? 
Is, is the gift good? The things that you're doing to help people, are you doing it as unto the Lord? Or so? You, are you just doing it so people you can get your reward? Or you so you can, because it's going to look good on your resume. Are you volunteering just so it can look good on your resume? Or are you doing it because that's what the Lord is telling you to do? Because God is looking at the heart. It's the people that's looking at the outside. God is always looking on the inside. Anytime we're doing something good and we're doing it because of God, that's a good gift. And you're going to get your reward for that. You're going to get your reward from the Lord. Yeah, they may give you a trophy in the earth. But if my motive for what I'm doing is not God, then the gift is not good. Even though it might look good, God is saying, "Mm -mm," because your motive wasn't good. And then our works are going to be tried by fire, right? I'm getting ready to end it here. I'm getting ready to end this here. For, uh, Psalms 119.34, I'm going to end it with this. It says, give me understanding, Lord, that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Father, give us understanding. We're going to pray our way out. Father, according to Psalms 119.34, give us understanding so that we may be able to keep your law and observe it with our whole heart, Lord. And Father, we come before you right now. We just repent of every gift that we did that was not of you. And we will begin to sow good works from a good heart, a heart that's full of uh, a good ground heart, a heart that's yielded to you, a heart that says, "Um, Lord, not my will, a surrendered heart, a heart that's submitted to you, Lord God, a heart that says, Lord, not my will, not my way, not my want. But Father God, just let your will, your way, your won't be done unto me because I know that the plans that you have for me are good and not evil, Lord God. That I owe, nobody owes us anything, Lord, but but we owe you everything. We owe you our life, a life for a life. You gave us, you gave your life so that we could have life. And so, Father, we come before you today, this day, and we surrender. And we say that we will serve you. We will love you with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, with every fiber of our being. There will be no place in us. That Jesus said that the evil one has no place in him. The evil one has no place in us, Father. Our motive will be good because our motive will be God. And that's how we will serve you. We will serve you. Not as not so people can see us. That won't be our motive. But we will do it because that's what you said to do, Father. And we repent and we receive your forgiveness. Because when we don't believe you, we sin against you. For without faith, it's impossible to please you. And Father God, we just receive your comfort. We receive your peace. We receive your understanding. And we say, lead God and direct us. We acknowledge you again today in all our ways, Lord. And we say, lead God and direct our path. In Jesus' name. But again, I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged, and look for that one inside because the devil's coming. He comes to steal the word immediately after the seed is sown. Jesus told us this in the parable of the sower. Matthew 13. You guys read Matthew 13. It starts at Matthew 13, 18 through 27, I believe it is. The parable of the sower. It's telling you what the devil wants. Now he's trying to come steal the word because that's our weapon, right? The word of God is the power of God under salvation. But don't ignore that one sign when the devil comes, when you find yourself saying, after all I've done for you, just know that it's because you didn't do it unto the Lord. Catch yourself when you find yourself thinking, now all I did for them, and they can't give me a ride to the store, all I did for them, I bought groceries for them, and now they see I need help and they won't even come check on me. That wasn't a good gift. When we hear ourselves and we find ourselves talking that way, those were not good gifts. But that's okay because the day is a new day. And now we we get to do what God's word say. And we're going to do things his way. That's the good thing about God's grace and his mercy is fresh and is new every single day. But now, Father, that you have shown us the truth, we have faced the truth, we have repented of the truth. And uh, now we start off fresh and we start off new. 
In Jesus' name, you guys be blessed, be encouraged. Again, this is Dr. Pearlie Martin. Please share this if it's been a blessing to you in any way. Support my podcast. Hit that support button. Share this podcast. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. You guys also hit my We Care page and uh, support our community outreach, our missions, for our street missions. Okay. I love you guys. You guys be blessed and be so, so encouraged. All my books are online at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Um, you guys join the prayer room if you like to pray, okay? Alrighty. I love you guys. Till next time.